right now Miami is favored by nine and a half points according to bet online the over under set at 49 and a half and I'm not a smart better so maybe I shouldn't smash the over on that one but I am smart enough to know if you head to bet online you can use the code believe b-l-e-a-v to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus and then you yourself can make those decisions bet online where the game starts Welcome to the game here on Ref the District. I do appreciate everybody in the chat and everyone watching now. It is just me today battling through a sinus infection. Uh, Stoner is traveling and Trev got pulled into work and we are never going to stop anybody from making their money and uh, push them here. So best uh, wishes to both of those gentlemen here as I hold things down and we welcome Miami to FedEx. and. Probably the most exciting thing about this game for most people is that it is the annual toy collection for Toys for Tots. So don't stay at home if you've got tickets. Go to the game, get yourself a new unwrapped toy, and uh, drop it in the box there for those Toys for Tots because, you, you know, that's a great cause there. And then I guess the second thing that people should probably be somewhat excited about, seeing as they were super excited, my coworker or my co-hosts here were super excited about it is Washington gets to be on hard knocks finally that's right Miami Dolphins are a part of the in-season hard knocks and so we get to be kind of a side figure into that and uh, it will be interesting to see how that is a um, how that affects it Gus is going to be at the game company's taking them there um no one from Ref the District's going to be there. I'm still here in Oklahoma. Trev is working on the weekends, and Stoner is out with family. So we won't be there. If we were, Gus, it would be an excellent to uh, to come. If we ever set up another Ref the District day, we'll make sure people know, and we can hook up while we're at the stadium. Do enjoy the game, though, Gus. I think it's going to be an explosive game. It's going to be an exciting game. And it's going to be a true test, I think, for Washington's offense. Miami's offense is very explosive. Washington's defense has been given up the most explosive plays all year long. So pretty much the only thing that's going to stop the Miami Dolphins is FedEx field itself. If they trip up over the turf or if they you know, can't you know, get their footing, then Washington might be able to slow down the Miami Dolphins. But Ron Rivera taking over the defensive coordinator position isn't going to make a dent on whether or not the Miami Dolphins are going to score. Now, the question is, is can Washington score against the Miami Dolphins? Now, the Miami Dolphins aren't some unbeatable team. You know, they only have three losses on the year. Those were to the Eagles, the Bills, and the Chiefs, all very good teams. But they've given up points along the way. So Washington has to be able to stay with them to be able to make this game something, you know, closer than the nine and a half spread that it is right now. Because I don't think Miami scores less than 30 points. So can Washington score more than 30 points this game? And that's been a big frustration for me 
over the last few weeks with Sam Howell, with Eric Bieniemy, is the inability to put up points. We saw that they have the capability to put up points earlier in the season, but they really haven't been able to over the last few games. In fact, since the last Eagles game, they put up 17 points, or sorry, 20 points, 26 points, 19 points, and 10 points. And that's not going to win you a lot of football games. You can argue that putting up 26 points should be enough to win you an NFL football game. But this defense hasn't been able to stop anybody. And so 26 is a gamble. You're going to need to be able to put up another 30 points, which we haven't seen since that Eagles game. And so is Washington capable of doing that is going to be the biggest question. Uh, Dominique coming up with another way to beat Miami, shutting off the water in the Dolphins locker room. You don't need even hot water at FedEx, as uh, they found out the last time we played at home was the hot water got shut off. And uh, so the team was stinky, just like they were on the field against the Giants. The the when when you're looking at these two teams. You have the Miami Dolphins who are fast, who are exciting. In fact, I look at that offense that the Miami Dolphins have, and I see what I think Washington was trying to go for and why Eric Benemy was brought in is, you know, we, we hear a lot, we heard a lot about Washington's wide receivers and that they're all four, three guys and that there's a lot of speed. And then you've got Antonio Gibson who can, who's also a speed guy. And we were thinking we were going to see a lot of this in space and all these things. And that hasn't been the case for Washington's offense. In fact, they haven't been getting the separation that they need. Terry McLaurin, I think, is one of the worst top wide receivers right now at getting separation. So I have to put the top on there because obviously he's not going to be the worst wide receiver at it. But when you're looking at the top probably 50 wide receivers in the NFL, Terry McLaurin just hasn't been getting separation, which is a a, a huge disappointment because I think we all expected Terry McLaurin to have a big year. I know I did. I, I expected him to have a 1,400-yard season. Unless he hits a couple 200-yard games here between now and the end of the season, that's just not going to be the case. And Jahan Dotson's had been in a sophomore slump. So you look at the, what we are expecting and, and what we were expecting was this Miami Dolphins offense where it was explosive and it was scoring from all over the field. And you had these big plays and these breakaway plays. And that hasn't been the case so far. And you got to wonder how much of that is Sam Howell, how much of that is Eric Bieniemy? There's again reports coming around that the players wouldn't support him as a head coach if they were, you know, asked by ownership when the uh, change is going to happen. And so it's just it's kind of an interesting thing there. And uh, Gus bringing up here, Terry was a third rounder, and this is one of those reasons is that. He, um, I, I think that he's always, he's been a strong route runner. He, even though he's got the four, three speed, that's straight line speed. I don't think he has a lot of, um, quickness 
to get open and his, his route running as I'm not going to say it's diminished, but cornerbacks have caught up with it. And the reason why he was also a third rounder was he's a body catcher. And we've seen how that's been a problem on occasion with Terry McLaurin this season. And he's not been able to pull in some of those balls, but I mean, he's pulled in some fantastic shots. Uh, and of course he's, we've, I mean, if you look back at his highlight reel, not just this season, but over the course of his career, a lot of his highlights are catching these 50, 50 balls because, you know, he's either not gotten the separation or there's been, you know, somebody who's not had the arm strength tossing up these, these, um, these passes to, to Terry McLaurin. So for Washington, continuing along with the Miami thing, for Washington to be able to keep up with Miami, their offense is going to need to be clicking. We're going to need to see something we haven't seen from this offense since the second Philadelphia game. And they weren't supposed to be able to move the ball against Philadelphia, and they were supposed to move it against some of the teams that they faced afterwards. So hopefully they'll be able to get into form. Sam Howell has been somewhat efficient. I have been falling off the Sam Howell train as of late, largely because while wins are not a quarterback stat, and I will, I'm not trying to point to the wins and losses here for Sam Howell. It's whether or not Sam Howell's playing well enough to keep us competitive in games, because that's what a lot of people are looking to this game and the rest of the season is. They are okay with losing. Some fans, the tanking fans, are okay with losing as long as we're competitive and Sam Howell stays healthy and develops. But the problem I'm having right now is I haven't seen Sam Howell develop after this three-game stretch where we all fell in love with Sam Howell. And when I say all of us, I mean, even the national media started doting on Sam Howell. Well, since that Philadelphia game, things have really started to peter off And we're not seeing the same mistakes we saw earlier, but now we're starting to see a QB who's, you know, maybe more along the Gardner Minshew level rather than prime Russell Wilson. And so that those are the things that I'm kind of worried about as the season continues to progress is if this offense doesn't continue going, if Sam Howell can't look good while we're competitive, I don't need garbage time stats here, okay? Kirk Cousins was the king of that for a long time here in Washington. Game would be well out of hand, and all of a sudden, he'd throw up 300 yards. I don't want that for Sam Howell. And I don't think we as fans want that either because... Then it puts us in a predicament. Washington right now drafting number five overall. And if Sam Howell can't can keep us competitive over these last few games, then it really puts into question, what do you take at five? If there's a QB there, do you take him? If Sam Howell continues to put up 10 points like he did against Dallas? Or if he is putting up you know, 17 points or 20 points against the Patriots or 19 points against the Giants? Those weren't good teams. You got to be able to put up more points than that if you're going to uh, do that. Yep, Gus, you're on the the, the Gardner Minshew comparison there. I've seen a couple of other people 
come along to that. And I've I've long since said that his floor is probably Gardner Minshew, but I was starting to, I was seeing a lot more young Russell Wilson. But as the seasons progressed, I'm starting to see that he's not hitting enough of those ceiling throws for me to continue praising him the way. Now we need to look critically, especially as Washington finds themselves in a position that they could get what is an, a, a franchise QB. I, I still believe in, in Sam Howell, and there's a lot of games left for him to show us that he is the guy, but it is a, um, it is kind of, man, it's hard to admit you're, uh, you're wrong, right? I, I was convincing Stoner to be a howler at the beginning of the season, and now Stoner's having to convince me to stay on the Sam Howell train as I'm just kind of realizing maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was not right. And, and locked on law, Sam Howell is leading the league in pass attempts um, by quite a lot. By, by quite a lot. Um, and actually, you're saying this sarcastically. Brilliant strategy by enemy. But I think that it is a brilliant strategy. This franchise needs to know whether or not Sam Howell is the QB. And for Sam Howell to prove that, he needs reps. And so the more reps he gets, the more pass attempts he gets, Washington is better off because we are absolutely seeing. And there are going to be bad plays with this because he's a first-year starter and you know he does uh, have quite a few interceptions to his name. And... I'm okay with that, with the high volume and the learning. If you look at any of the premier QBs and their first amount of starts, Sam Howell is doing comparative stuff to them. In fact, if you look at a Trevor Lawrence, uh, as Gus Bus is mentioning here, that if you look at his stats, those Joey Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, even Jalen Hurts, they did not win a lot of their their first 17 games, okay? And a lot of them had poor stats to go with it. If you remember Trevor Lawrence, a lot of the discourse was, was he going to be a bust? Because he didn't look as ready as people thought he was going to be coming out of college. Now probably nobody thinks that, and everybody thinks of him as a franchise quarterback. He did enough that first year to want to kind of show. Plus, I'll say this, the draft status absolutely has something to do with it. It really does. A fifth round rookie drafted two years ago or fifth round guy drafted two years ago by a totally different regime is going to have a whole heck of a short you know, leash compared to a first rounder from just the year before. Sam Howell is a good QB. And I think that Sam Howell is an NFL QB where he stands right now, I think is a lot more in question. I would be a-okay right now if the season ended and Washington was drafting to go ahead and try to build around Sam Howell next year. But we got some time, and we'll see. And we also don't, right now, picking five, but it is going to be a uh, a difference. Yes, uh, Gardner Minshew um, doesn't quite have the arm that Sam Howell does. Fair enough. Sam Howell's made some big, Big boy throws. Big, big boy throws. And that's why I'm still willing to stick 
stick around. But I do need to see this offense be better against Miami. You cannot beat Miami unless you win a foot race. They're an 80% favorite. They're a nine and a half point favorite. Miami is probably going to walk away with this one. But Washington needs to do its best to stay with them because every punt, and maybe I'll do the math on Sunday when we do this, but every punt that Washington makes on Sunday is essentially, to me, plus four points for the Dolphins. Okay, and that's splitting essentially splitting the difference between a field goal and a touchdown for the Dolphins is what I'm looking at because the Dolphins are going to score. And they're going to score a lot of points. So can Washington keep up is going to be the question. Because we know the defense isn't going to be up to the task to stop. They've proven that all year. In fact, I'll throw a dollar dollar on this one right now. I know that we're not into the week three predictions just yet. But if the Dolphins, I, I, a dollar dollar, Dolphins are scoring more than 30 points. In fact, 30.5 is going to be my point total for, for them. If they score less than 30 points or 30 or less points, I'd be shocked. Absolutely shocked. I don't even know what would have to happen for that to be the case. Tyreek Hill, Tua, and Mozart sit out the second half. I mean, we saw Tommy DeVito throw three touchdowns against this defense. You don't think Tua can beat the bricks off of them? You don't think Tyreek Hill's going to be running past Benjamin St. Juiced? By the way, when I was looking at the Pro Bowl stats, it was, uh, I noticed that he is actually tops in the league at pass defense. So, I mean, hey, that's something, I guess. Um, if it rains, Gus mentioning it is supposed to rain. So there's that. Actually, right now it's saying game time weather is 46 and partly cloudy, Gus. But if it rains, does that slow down Miami? I, I said at the beginning, I said jokingly, the the thing that's going to slow them down is FedEx Field itself. Yeah, rain might rain is a great equalizer. The problem with rain is also it makes your defense slippery. So it's like if the offense, if Tyreek Hill keeps his footing, but Kendall Fuller loses his, that's an extra twenty yards there. So you're you're going to have to see, you know that that is going to be something interesting. Dominique, I think the rushing will win this game. If that's the case, Dominique, then we're on the wrong side of that. As Eric Bieniemy is not going to change his mindset here. We are absolutely throwing the ball no less than 60% of the time. And that's even while the game is close. The Dolphins, on the other hand, I think uh, will run the ball a little bit more. Of course, they have got Mozart there, 151 151 carries for 785 yards. One of the best rushers in the league um, for the Dolphins. I'm trying to think. I have not seen their injury report, so let me pull this up real quick. If uh, So, yeah, okay. So, uh, Achain there is, this is questionable. Limited participant on Wednesday. So, I mean, they have two good running backs as far as I'm concerned, and that's another 39 carries and 461 yards with the uh, the rookie there. So it's going to be, if, if rushing's winning the game, I don't know that Washington's on the right side of that. Don't know that Washington's on the right side of that at all. 
Nathan, you can see how much they play for McDaniel, how much of a, uh, how much a good head coach makes. Yes. Uh, McDaniel was a media darling last year. And then the dolphins kind of petered out without a qu quarterback this year. They're hard knocks in season, hard knocks. And you can see how much the players as offensive players, especially appreciate a coach like McDaniel and how much they are. They, they believe in him and they play for him. We're going to see whether or not our players still believe in Ron Rivera and how much they're going to play for him. Um, it's looking at the conversation here on there. A lot of draft conversation there as far as drafting a tight end, left tackle, wide receiver. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of, that discourse is happening. I saw somebody had posted what was the meme for Cincinnati a long time ago where, or a few years ago when they drafted Jamar chase, you know, you know, that that's all fun and games. And we'll probably talk more about that as the draft gets near Dominique putting, uh, some of the bad QB player, the lack of points that I was putting on to Sam Howe on the receivers because they're dropping balls. Yeah, the receivers have not been good, Dominic. They have not. They've been a flat-out disappointment, except for Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel's been an absolute difference maker for Washington, and I think Curtis Samuel has really finally come into his own here in Washington. We didn't get to see it year one, and it was very frustrating with him not being, you know, inactive or put on IR and he has this lingering injury. And then year two, Scott Turner's offense kind of still had, a, you know, much to be desired when it came to the passing game. Part of that was the quarterbacks that Washington was trotting out there. But Eric Bienemy has unlocked the Curtis Samuel that we saw in Carolina. The reason why he was paid, you know, $30 million to come here to Washington. And he would, he's an interesting one, I think, when we get to free agency because his contract's up. Is he a piece for the next offense or do you let him walk? I think you probably end up letting him walk because I think he's going to sign a reasonable deal with another team and that could potentially help you more in the long run. But Curtis Samuel this year, I'm not afraid to say this has been our best wide receiver. Period. Absolutely been the best wide receiver. Um, ba -ba -ba. Still some of uh, the draft talk in the chat there. Miami. Uh, Nathan's going to say, keep him. Dominique, I'm sorry, but we cannot be patient with Samuel, but be the QB race after one year. Uh, do, 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 do. let's see here. Go back to the game here. Miami is allowing. Let's, I've had the stats up, and this is what happens when I don't have team members. Normally, what you see is uh, I'll pitch a question to one of my co hosts, and then they, they're talking, and I'm bringing up more information. Not able to do that today as both of them are out, and I do appreciate. People tuning in still here on Ref the District's live show and helping me out because those comments that are 
on topic are definitely keeping things moving and interesting here. Miami has been uh, scoring 30 points a game. They've been giving up 22 points a game. They have um, allowed 2,300 yards passing. So the passing hasn't necessarily been that great against them, and they've allowed 271 rushing attempts for 1,000 yards or 3.8 yards a carry. So the defense is just okay, which is why I think Washington, if their offense is clicking, can at least keep with Miami. Not saying they're going to win, but they can at least keep with Miami. Omar, who is calling defense this week? Ron Rivera is calling the defense. Now, interesting enough, he does have some assistance on the sideline as the new defensive assistant, Jim Salgado, has been signed on in an interim spot here. He coached uh, he coached defensive backs under Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott used to be a Ron Rivera assistant. So he knows these defenses. And that is going to be, I think, interesting to see only because I think what Ron Rivera is going to do is we're going to start seeing a lot more zone. That's what he liked running there in Carolina. That's what he ran in San Diego. That's what he ran in Chicago is more of the zone. And so I think we're going to see some changes there. I don't think that it stops the big plays necessarily, but I do think that you're going to see a slightly better defense. And when I say slightly better, Washington has uh, has been given up. Let's see here. Let's um, Washington's been given up 29 points per game. They'll probably be giving from here on out. I'm going to call it right now. They're going to give up 27 points per game. I don't think it's going to be a marked improvement. You still have the same players out there. The biggest problem with Washington's defense from here forward is the lack of pass rushing talent. Washington does no longer has Montez Sweat or Chase Young, who whichever way you wanted to feel about them, could pressure the quarterback. We don't have that anymore. Casey Tuhill is not that guy. James Smith-Williams, K.J. Henry, Andre Jones, not those guys. So that's going to be the biggest detriment there. But I do think that they'll be slightly better. And I do agree here that this secondary, they're better zone players. And it's going to be a nice change to see them putting into positions where they're going to be a little bit more successful. Um. Gus with if Rivera coaches up the D, then then everyone is going to say, so you're telling me there's a chance. You never know. You never know, Gus. Chip in a chair. I I still don't think Washington has a winnable game from here on out. It's going to be tough sledding. I'm, I'm not team tank. I'll never be team tank. Uh, they should be playing to win the games. If the difference between having Look at it this way for for those who are wanting Washington to lose. If you believe in Sam Howe and this team wins three more games the rest of this year, I know that's a little hard to believe right now, but if they win three games and it takes them outside the top 10, are you not happy with that? You can get a player 
at that point. You can still get somebody who's going to impact the field at that point. Maybe it took you out of the Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, sweepstakes or the left tackle from Penn State, which everybody seems to love right now. But you can still get somebody that's going to have an impact. Anton Harrison, by the way, having a great, fantastic uh, rookie year. And I just want to say both Boomer Sooner. And that was a pick that I would have made rather than Emmanuel Forbes. I wanted to tackle. But who do, what do I know? I'm just some uh, some Yahoo here who has a microphone in front of uh, Yam joining here. Yam, I'm uh, all by my lonesome as the boys ditched me tonight. Uh, we have a Dallas fan um, talking trash. Appreciate you coming in here, zombies. And the code talk uh, talker tanking increases draft capital. Yeah, this team's so bad, though, code talker, you don't need to tank. So why not play to win the games? That's my that's my thinking. As I was just like, I just don't see there. Um, Gus bus, not tanking worked out for Houston. They would have, they would have taken Bryce if they had the number one pick. I don't know if that's the case from all, from all I've heard, uh, CJ Stroud was supposed to be the number one overall pick. And then Tepper stepped in and was just like, I want Bryce young. That's what I've heard. Whether or not it's true, who knows? All I know is I look at the Carolina stuff and I, and I'm very thankful that's not us anymore. That is, that's not us anymore. We've got a whole different situation. We don't have to deal with that kind of stuff there. Uh, Omar Forbes gonna, is, uh, you think Forbes is going to stop Tyreek? No, for two reasons. One, please never put Forbes right at, in his current state as a rookie against Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, one double move is going to beat Forbes every, every day of the week. Two, Manuel Forbes is actually dealing with an elbow injury and we're unlikely to see him in this game against Miami. Gus, I agree. It was 16 too high to take Harrison, but you know, it was too high to take Jameer Gibbs. It was too high to take various other players. When you get the right guy, it doesn't matter where you take them. Gus, it does not matter where you take them. So as long as you get the right guy, that's all that matters. The only time you say it's too high to take somebody is when that player doesn't work out. And we're seeing that with Emmanuel Forbes. Oh, 16 was too high for Emmanuel Forbes. If Emmanuel Forbes had three interceptions and was playing well, nobody looks at him being too high at 16. He was picked too high because he's failing to live up to expectations. So if you get the right guy, and I thought Anton Harrison was the right guy, 16 would have been just fine for him because we would have had a right tackle and no one would have been complaining about Andrew Wiley. Uh, Mike Lee, no one is stopping Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is a different beast, and I think Tyreek Hill is going to have his day against this defense. You're going to see a lot of him in motion. McDaniel's a very, very smart offensive coordinator. Or rather, I should say offensive mind as he's the head coach. He is going to put Tyreek Hill in a mismatch where he's going to drag across the center and you're going to have either Cody Barton or Jamin Davis or 
God help us all, David Mayo, Miracle Whip himself, running across trying to keep up with Tyreek Hill. And that is not going to be good. Uh, with the switch to Ron Rivera in the zone play that we're expecting, I also think that we are going to see some zone mishaps. Again, McDaniel, great offensive mind. He has zone busters, and these are smart players on the Miami Dolphins side. They're going to know where to sit, and then if they have space in that zone, they're going to start picking up some chunk yards with their um, with their speed. Uh, locked on law, knocked Tyreek on his rear. It's the difference between giving up penalty yards and giving up big plays, or what's the difference between giving up? Benjamin St. Juice was drafted because he was a big guy. That might be something. If he can do some press corner work and stay physical with Tyreek and win that battle at the, the line, maybe that helps. You're going to have to give some safety help over top there, and that's going to be difficult because we, we are missing Derek Force. Percy Butler, I thought, has been playing just okay. Uh, I was actually very high on him a few games ago and then as more games have gone along i'm kind of waning off percy butler a little bit we need Derek force of last season back Derek force of last season was really good Derek force of this season was just eh before getting injured but if we can have Derek force of last season i think that that goes a long way um gus with do you think Derek force can um end backville cam curl spot next year if curl goes elsewhere um, yeah, I mean, you probably run it through if cam, if you don't resign cam curl, you're probably running it with Derek force, Percy Butler and Quan Martin. I don't think that's an imposing safety group. You can definitely get some improvement there. I liked brisker a few, uh, drafts ago. We didn't go that way. We went for Darian Mathis. We've all seen how that's turned out. First string podcast in the house. What's good? Toothpick. My boys left me all by myself today. Make sure everyone heads out to first string podcast. They're a good group of people there. Um, Dominique, you still have to count for Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I mean, this the Miami offense is loaded. There again, Miami's offense is exactly what we thought we were going to be. We thought we had wide receiver threats, one, two, and three. We thought that we had a good running one-two punch with the run, the ground game. Brian Robinson, a power runner. Gibson in space. We were supposed to be explosive. Eric Benemy was going to take this offense that was yucky with Scott Turner and would just completely, you know, go the distance, especially because we thought Sam Howell was going to be able to sling it. Not been the case so far. Definitely not been the case over the last five games there. The um, locked on Trev. Trev does like us. He's still Trev is just he's a busy guy with uh, his job hours. You know, he's got to work those hours. And again, I mentioned this before. I'm not going to step in the way until ref the district starts paying salary. You know, he's he's got to make ends meet. So. Uh, Trev, Trev has just been, uh, working. That's where he was. He got called into a shift, you know, earlier today. Normally I would call in help from some of our other content creators, but here I am doing it alone. 
And actually, I'm not doing it alone. I have the help of everyone of you here in the chat, so I do appreciate it. Let's go ahead and move to our game predictions. When we get to the cooldown, I want to see what you think this game is going to end. The score is going to be here in the cooldown.